remember. Uh, you see, I grew up with an older sister who was four years older than me uh, and two uh, brothers who were just younger than me. And although my sister wasn't necessarily as involved as much as my brother were, kind of just for the mere fact that she was a girl, but uh, tell you what, she could hold her own. She was a competitive gymnast and a competitive diver as well in her youth. But us boys, for us boys, it was a constant and continuous battle. Whether it was a battle that took place on the basketball court or on the baseball field uh, with paintball guns. We set up paintball guns in my parents' backyard. It was pretty crazy. Um, or an epic you know, split-screen battle of 007, uh, James Bond in the video games. Or just the sheer idea of knowledge and who was the smartest. Um, but for us, it was always a battle and a competitiveness that, uh, that was so true for me and uh, my brothers. Uh, to the point where we really kind of would often just be ripping each other apart. Or actually even just talking, each, talking ourselves up so much uh, to each other and how great we were. And, and, and this is what scares me the most. Because uh, it's already begun to happen in my household with my uh, three kids. No joke, it's a race to get to the car first. Who can get to the car first and then who gets in there? And then once everybody's in there, it's like, well, I was first, well, I was second. Well, I wasn't even racing at all. And then it's like, well, who can get their seatbelt buckled first? And they're trying to buckle their seatbelt. And Mike has grabbed the one that says middle, but he's on the side. And he's like, no, he's not going in. And it's just this constant race and battle for what's going on. And it's always, uh, you know, it, 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 chaos ensues and, and there's crying involved. And it's, oh, I wasn't playing. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. No, you're being mean. No, you're being mean. No, dad, dad, Micah did this or Avery did that. And it happens, I mean, it happens all the time. We're walking to school and we get out of the van and who can V-line and run across the street without looking and get to the front door of the school first, right? And they touch the door. I'm first, I'm second. Or it happens when Colby has his friends over. Colby's my 10-year-old who was breaking into things with a screwdriver. Um, but um, Colby, when he invites his friends over, he always has Micah play with him. Because it's a lot easier when Micah's playing the game because he can always be it and he's not able to tag anybody, thus making the game and them the greatest at whatever game they're playing, tag or whatever it may be. And it's often that during these days that I pull my kids aside and I give them what, what wisdom I may have gained probably more from the idea of me doing it wrong so many times and hurting people, but the idea of, you know what, Colby? You know, it's your job as an older brother. Your job is to make life easier for your younger brother. Or Avery, you know what? It's probably not in your best interest to just torment your brothers all the time. As a sister, and she totally does this, as a sister, you need to treat them with respect and you need to, to, to help them out in certain things instead of uh, tormenting them or, uh, or just picking on them all the time. And, 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 I, and I encourage them to live that way mainly because I've learned that lesson, that it's not always... The case, and I ask myself often, and I find myself saying to her, why do they do that? Why do they do that to each other? Why do they treat each other that way? And in doing that, I just turn around and look at my life and, and, and the things I observe. is like, why do we do that? Why do we do that to other people in our lives? Why do we treat people 
with disrespect? Or why do we uh, strive to be so much better than everybody else in our lives? Why do we... Uh, why do we go as far as to pushing others aside or positioning ourselves on a higher level or focusing on ourselves before we focus on anybody else, ignoring the feelings of others or maybe not even considering that other people are around and, and what would happen based on my actions? Why do we serve only our own agenda? Why is that what's most important to us? And I got to thinking about it this last couple of weeks as I, was, as I was kind of planning our message and what we would talk about. And, 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 I, and I found a story and I was like, you know what, it's not only us. It's actually been something, a real struggle for man for a long, long time. Something that, uh, that w- that's in the Bible that I want to encourage you with. And I want to encourage you in this. I, wanna, I don't want to encourage you that... You know, as an excuse, well, that's just the way we are. Because that's not why we're here. You know, this is number five of our six core commitments as a church is what we're looking at. And, uh, and, and God is all right with where you are at right now. But what he's not all right with is for you to stay where you're at right now. And so I want to encourage you with this story of this real struggle of these men in the Bible only to encourage you to make the change because the Bible's pretty clear and has some pretty clear steps on how we can make a heart change, how we can change our lives. So I want to encourage you with this story to change because the story's about Jesus and his, his best friends, right? His, his posse, his crew that he hung out with, his hand-picked 12, right? The original 12, not like the 12 we'll be screaming with later on today. Uh, his board, his, and Jesus even trained these guys hands on. Yet they still struggled with what we're going to look at today. So, and we're going to be in Mark and in in James a little bit. So if you want to open up your Bible, you can. If you don't have a Bible, there's stacks of Bibles on the side. Uh, Feel free to take one if you don't have one at home. But if you have one at home and you just forgot it and you want to grab it, you can. A lot of the scriptures will actually be up on the screen as well. Uh, Mark 9, 30, uh, verse 30 is where we're going to start. And this is Jesus talking to these best friends of his uh, in in training that he has been doing for a while now. Uh, At this point, it's been over two years that Jesus has been teaching and training these guys. uh, And and it'll be kind of funny how we see how they act in this. Mark 9, 30 through 32. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he, was t- because, he has, uh, because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they uh, did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. Now, this wasn't the first time that Jesus had told this to the disciples. Uh, if you look back in, in, Mark, in Mark 8, I believe, 8 or 9, I think it's 8, uh, he had already done it once, and he'll do it again here real soon because the disciples just weren't getting it. Uh, and so as, up until now, Jesus has been teaching around a lot of these con- con- uh, concepts for two years or so, uh, and he actually told this specifically to them earlier, but he wants them to know what's going on. He wants them to know what's going to happen. And you see the disciples 
uh, are, are, they're still stuck in this kind of Jewish mindset that they had uh, of this new kingdom that Jesus was bringing in that he was going to uh, set up on earth. Uh, they didn't think it was going to be a spiritual heavenly kingdom. Uh, they thought uh, they wanted a kingdom that was going to be powerful. They wanted a kingdom uh, that, would, that they would have access to immediately and that they would be able to leverage and that they would actually see the reign of it right then and there uh, for themselves. But Jesus came forth to bring this spiritual kingdom. Uh, that was for everyone, everywhere, which was brand new to them. And they didn't get that because they thought they were elite. They were special. And that this kingdom would actually be eternal. And Jesus tells them, it's not going to be easy. They're going to kill me. But, uh, and I'm going to die. But three days later, I'm going to rise again. And I would ask you, where would your mindset be in this moment? Jesus is telling you this and... He's telling you, you know what, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again, and it's going to be great. So where would your mindset go? For the disciples, I like to think that maybe they were like, well, he's going to die, and he's going to rise again, and this is going to be great, and everybody's going to know who we are and know that we were like his best friends. It's going to be so great for us. We're going to be in such a great position. People will see us and know that we are great. And so in Mark 9, we see this. Struggle began to surface. Mark 9, 33 through 34, they, they came to Capernaum. Uh, when, he was, uh, when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? And I can imagine the disciples thinking, oh man, he must have heard us. He must have heard what we were arguing about on the road. I didn't think that he heard. Did you think he heard us? I think he heard us. And this was this three three-day destination trip to Capernaum that they were taking where Jesus was instructing them and telling what was going to happen. I told you what was going to happen, Jesus is saying here. What were you arguing about on the road? I told you what was going to happen. What were you guys talking about? And it's recorded in verse 34, but they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Jesus had just told them, you know what, we're gonna, where we're going, I'm going to be captured, I'm going to be taken in, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again, and you guys are arguing about who, which one of you is going to be the greatest? It's pretty silly, right? You know those movies that you watch, uh, we actually watched one last night, Harry and the Hendersons, watch Harry, a classic, right? Those movies where the guy continues to make the wrong choice over and over and over and over again. And you're like, oh, man, why does he keep making those wrong? I often think that that's, aside from me, I often think that that's the disciples. Oftentimes, that's what happens to them. And that's the lessons they learn. Like, oh, look at what they did again. And then Jesus sits them down and, and talks to them. So what do they do? They start arguing about who the greatest is. Man, it, they're saying if we're going to be famous, if Jesus rises again, we're going to be famous.